You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. Uh, right, where to begin this week? Right, well, the uh, the Welsh regions were back in action. Sadly, it was uh, it was none from four, but uh, a couple of interesting performances in there, which we're going to be taking a look at. And the Six Nations is just around the corner, so uh, we will be playing selectors. Uh, the mighty Murph has been uh, has been talking this up for weeks, saying that Wayne Pivak has got to get this right. So let's let's make sure. Um, Let's make sure your selections are good ones, Murph. And uh, Dan Killick has dusted off his committee blazer for this one, hasn't he? The shirt and tie is out. Chairman of selectors, uh, and he's even uh, he's even going uh, that little bit greyer just to uh, just to suit the to suit the image of a of a nineteen sixties WRU selector. How are you, Daniel? Very good. Do you mind holding this a minute? I'm just going to get a Rothmans out of uh, <laughs> my my back pocket. All good, Jed. Thanks for allowing me back on the pod. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, um, just you know that uh, that kind of player who can pick and choose when he uh, when he decides when he decides to to come on in. But yeah, we couldn't couldn't leave you out for the selection issue, could we? No, I'm looking for yeah, looking forward to this one. And um, yeah, a couple of injuries has kept me out, but good to be back. Good to be back. And yeah, that's it. It just relieves that bit of pressure on Murph's back from uh, from carrying you for uh, yeah. for all this period of time. Yeah, right. cheers, Murph. Really appreciate it. Chiropractor is floating himself on the stock exchange. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we also have uh, we also have an interview uh, with a guy called Pete from the Bears Beyond the Gate podcast. So we'll be looking ahead to the Scarlets, uh, the Scarlets Bristol game next week, uh, which I previewed with him earlier on the week, getting a um, getting a 
the inside take from him about what to expect from Bristol and they had a very good result this weekend as well so uh, so yeah that'll be coming up towards the end of the first half we should start though fellas by having a look at the uh, the world sides in action this weekend which is all of them and it's the first time that that's happened for uh, for a good while let's start Friday night Cardiff versus Harlequins another absolute crackerjack of a game such a shame there was no one in there in the in the ground to see it but uh, yeah I, I Really enjoyed this one, but felt it was a massive missed opportunity from Cardiff. Dan, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. Mass, hugely missed opportunity. Cardiff with 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 a better side, um, bar you know a couple of a couple of key decisions and and you know the odd the odd scrummage in there as well. Um, but a fantastic you know to look at the positive. A great game of rugby, wasn't it? And I guess the the team talk was 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 done, wasn't it? For um, you know, for Die Young with what the, you know, what the academy boys and what the, you know, what some of the um, semi-pro players had done, you know, previously, you know, you can't, you can't let, uh, can't let those boys down. And it was just, it was just a, a magnificent performance, wasn't it? Just like end to end, both sides, both sides going for it, but just really, really disappoint, really disappointing that, that, that Cardiff didn't get over the line because I thought, I felt they deserved it. Murph, what was your similar take? Yeah, I, I, I can't I struggle to work out how they cocked that up so bad. Like they were in a winning position. At one stage, Kirby Myhill was running at Harlequin's try line about five yards out. Yeah, managed to get isolated, turned over, and anything out of the, any sort of score out of that situation, the game's finished. He got himself isolated. I don't know if it was his fault or the support or what, but they've ended up scoring the try to make it even. And then it was a bit of a, you know, um, Lions 9 where yeah. you, you, you've, you draw in a game where you should, you know, you should have won. And then yeah. in trying to win it back, you give away the game altogether, which is what Reese Priestland did and uh, Josh Adams did between them at the end in a yeah. very Ronan Gara esque way. Ronan or Gara. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's. I mean, lots of people are ch- chatting to people at my rugby club yesterday. Says the most they've enjoyed the rugby game in ages, but I was still pissed off with the way they give it back to the opposition. I was, I was actually, and I felt that in those games, like, is this one thing? You know, when you're getting out, uh, outplayed by Munster or Leinster or side with a massive budget, and they just blow you away, and you're not in it, and you go, right, this is this is another one of those occasions where I couldn't have competed. But to be there in that position with a really good opportunity to win the game. That's where you've just got to think with with calm heads. And they were, you know, they, they trucked it through the middle. They went wide way too early. It was always going to be too risky. Keep it, you know, keep it tight and go for a drop goal. Like mm. that's, that's all, that's all it needed to do. Harlequins would have been way too worried about commit, giving away a penalty to be committing men to the breakdown. Just keep it in the middle, keep it tight. Get in, and they were in that position where they could have taken a drop goal. It's not like, it's not like Priestland has got a, a small boot on him. You know, I think they could have, they could have had a just set it up and done it the old-fashioned way, and uh, yeah, they'll be kicking themselves for that because the minute you go wide, knock it on, you you were asking for trouble, and as soon as Quinn's got in their half, you knew, like you said, Murph, it was like oh nine, you mm. knew there was a penalty that was going to get given there. Yeah, it's a a trait there with uh, the Quinns. This is the way they play, which is very open attacking rugby. Welsh sides on their day. The good ones are going to cope with that. Yeah. Whereas, for example, any club at 
come to Cardiff on Friday night, there was more in the like guise of Sale, Exeter, mm-hmm. Saracens, uh, to Leicester, who uh, they're not a forward oriented inside, but they got that power game up front. Yeah. They would have bullied and battered Cardiff and scored less points, but just been more dominant, and Cardiff would have never been in the game. But the way Harlequins play, sides like Scarlet, Cardiff, and on their day, the others as well. Uh, we'll give Harlequins a, a, a runaround, like so. Um, it's a shame that they just couldn't finish it off. I mean, it, the set piece was wobbling all the way through. Uh, I wasn't that keen on the ref either myself, but then am I ever? So, um, yeah, it, it's just I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm delighted that everyone got to see a Welsh regional side playing in an entertaining match for a change. Yeah. <laughs> But to, to cock it up so hard at the end, oh god! I wonder yeah. whether the, um, you know, the effects of, you know, COVID, lack of rugby, all those things just had just told on the concentration. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think it is. I, I, in in that scenario, I think that would have happened if they'd have played fifteen games, you know, in, in seventeen weeks. I don't. I just don't think that. That's where you've got to have the the nous to close a game out and, and just adapt your style for the for, for sudden death rugby and that's where they got it wrong. They played fearless rugby throughout the whole of the game and I thought that was brilliant to see. Absolutely loved it. But to me it just felt like it was one of those um one of those occasions where it got to them and they they you know, the the cool thinking went out the went out the window in the last in the last few minutes of the game. But I mean Realistically, obviously, we knew they weren't. They weren't going to get out of the pool anyway because they'd, they'd, mm. as brave as those performances were, they'd taken two thumpings. So, it's a massive step in the right direction in terms of, in terms of intensity, and also perhaps even in giving us a little bit of a gauge as to which of the Welsh players are in, you know, heading into good nick, which uh, of course we'll be discussing in the second half. Right, the uh, the Ospreys were in action on uh, on the Saturday as well, and we've said. Well, I think you know we gave them a fair bit of stick um, in the, in previous weeks uh, because they've just not not really been at the races. Now, unfortunately, I haven't managed to see this one, and I don't think either of you fellas have. Um, nope. But Dan, Dan definitely seems the most uh, the most clued up on this one, Dan. So this is payback time. Uh, this is a massive hospital pass to you. Um, it sounds as though the Ospreys have have actually you know put together a a much more competitive performance um, in that one, and obviously the scoreline suggested that after you know after fifty sixty minutes as well. Yeah, Ospreys played some played some decent rugby. Um, really good, really good first half performance. And some of the guys, the likes, you know, Owen Watkin played uh, played very well. Roots had a at a at a top at a top game. Um, some good some good scrums as well from the Ospreys. They they in a weird way, I think they'd be pretty pleased with 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 elements. Well, certainly with the first half and elements of the game. Um, but against against that side, it's it's always going to be mighty difficult, isn't it? You, you know, I think it was was it dubbed in the papers like the bat, battle of the budgets. I mean, <laughs> it says it all, doesn't it? But they, yeah. Um, yeah, some good some good performances from some of the Ospreys, which is which is what we need. But ultimately, ultimately a loss. But um, some entertaining rugby again. You know, a bit like yeah. It's interesting these games, isn't it? Because it does it does feel like. 
I mean, because the league season has just been so stop-start for all clubs. I mean, less so, I suppose, the Ospreys than for than for Cardiff and Scarlets. But it's just so it's kind of it's so hard to know where to put your energy if you're um, if you're coaching that side. You know, do you look at going right? We need to mount a league campaign. You know, a, a half decent finish to the league season, or do you actually really want to to battle hard on your players and and have throw your resource at, at the remaining rounds of the European Cup. It's a really difficult thing to gauge because at this point, you know, I think we were all kind of impressed with how Toby Booth started and, and kind of getting taken over a side that was really a complete a complete mess um, and putting together strong, you know, strong, tighter performances. But you're at that stage now where you start you start wanting to be able to turn them into results and it's it's really difficult to know what to what to do with the end with the end of the season. What would you be tempted to do? Uh, well, both of you, if you were if you were in Toby Booth's shoes. Um, <laughs> uh, play the lottery. <laughs> I mean, the, the kind of numbers you win on the lottery are probably not enough anyway. Uh, yeah. For for you know long term budgets going forward, I I I, I just I, I I know it's a boring answer and. Sometimes, like I say, be, being completely disorganised and not really understanding what you're doing on a pitch has got nothing to do with the player player budget. Mm. But on a on a long term basis, um, a bigger bigger budget for all the regional sides is going to help. Like the um, the English league now is bringing in much stricter um, uh, salary caps throughout the league, yeah. and they're worrying about people losing their jobs <laughs> in other words players and what they really mean is players are not going to get offered mass- massive contracts anymore yeah so the likes of say Pietau, uh maybe even randranda cease to be a viable option uh, right. if he is on a million pound a year Pietau doesn't become a viable option for any of the clubs anymore and he'll probably end up in france or whatever um and I mean that will that will so long as then in some way the Welsh regional uh, budgets are increased by the WIU it's going to have to come to the WIU and it's not it's not going to come from anywhere else um, then we'll be on a more level playing field when we play against the sides from over the border. The, yeah, the expression "don't hold your breath" kind of springs to mind, though, doesn't it? <laughs> well, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm all in, I'm all in favour of the, the tightening of those of those salary of those salary caps because ultimately, as a fan, you just want competition. That's the thing is because otherwise it ends up, you know, it ends up in a position where the it's completely dominated by the big sides. And it's not even like, you know, football has, has become that. And you, realistically, you know that like what, there's four sides who can win Europe in football and they're all owned by either Gulf States or petrochemical companies. And that's the level of rich you have to be in order to compete. Now, rugby can't afford to go down down that route where you've just got you've just got rich side and and it has to a certain degree I know David Buttress was on the uh, one of the other rugby podcasts this week talking about uh, talking about the, the salary cap in the in the UFC and I think you know again that league more than anything <laughs> needs needs something in place and I know it wouldn't be popular with uh, with the Irish regions because it means because they, yeah they're, they're brilliantly funded and that's great but it does it does nothing for the league's a spectacle knowing that Leinster's thirds can beat virtually anyone else's first. So I you know it's not it's not just a gripe about uh, about about funding it is about the the overall kind of uh, competition of things. Dan any any thoughts on that one? 
Um, yeah, everything everything you said is it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It's all it's all it's all down to money, and we're you know we're left we've been left behind for for years now, haven't we? So level playing field would be great would be great for us. I mean, from this weekend, I just we're slightly going into we're getting excited, aren't we, about the games where we're seeing really good rugby. But but off but but there's there's losses that are coming about regularly, aren't they? But it seems mm-hmm. to be a little bit of a change, doesn't there? In that we're getting excited about. I think we're so we're so disillusioned and unexcited by the league that we're in that, like this weekend, for instance, was had a, had a bit of a a bit of a buzz about it. You know, I can't say I was jumping about the place for it. I wasn't. Probably you weren't or Murph, but. It is more exciting, isn't it, than than the uh, you know the, the URC the URC games. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, in in, in it's you know excitement excitement levels on Friday, getting you know getting ready for the for the Cardiff Harlequins game is great, isn't it? And it just just keeps you thinking again. What if you know? Um, well, how good is, would like, it be? We, how often do we talk about meaningful rugby? And it's just like there's so much more on the line. And and I I think the the Heineken Cup is far from perfect right now. I mean, obviously, these the last two years have been cobbled together and in in a weird structure. But even before that, it's it's felt a little bit lopsided, and there were far too many dead rubbers in it. And in a way, this has kind of streamlined things a bit, hasn't it? Because you essentially you end up with groups of groups of three rather than four, and so it has it has meant that at least. The fixtures are a bit more meaningful, and sides can come in fully loaded. And look, if you know if Cardiff had beat a fully loaded Harlequins on Friday night, or the Ospreys had beaten Racing, it, you're right. It would it would have meant so much more than if you'd have scraped a win against a Connacht or a Glasgow in in the in the in the URC. So yeah, for the I'm, for, I'm, the, for the players as well, um, Jay. You know, like when you think you know the, the Cardiff guys getting ready for that Harlequins game. Obviously, nothing. Nothing hugely positive could come from a uh, could come from a Cardiff win, other, other than momentum, a big scalp, things like that. But the, the players were absolutely all bang up for it, weren't they? Mm. It, it was, you know, it was it was a top game, and you just think I feel a little bit sorry for the players, just where with 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 the teams and the games they've got to go in because mentally, I know they're professional and all these yeah. other things, but how do you how do you honestly get yourself up for some of these games, really? Well, I'm with you. I, well, look, I can't you know. get myself up as a fan to watch it. It's like, yeah, and that's you it, know what it? I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, well, I, I could watch, you know, I, I could watch the Dragons versus Zebra or, you know, they're probably, I probably could have a look in the shed and see what needs tidying out. You know, I, and, and I think we all know what the better use of the time is. Um, and that's, yeah. you know, and, and that's us who, in theory, are at the... You know, we're in deep on this stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, mate. The, the other thing, and again, this this is probably pipe dream territory, but you might have seen, you know, some some rumours doing the rounds about, um, and, it, and I, I firmly believe this is just rumours, but for the sake of it, let's run with it, um, you know, about, well, what would, uh, could, the, could the Welsh regions join the second tier of, the second tier of the English league with a view to, with a view to kind of revamping that, Um do you think that would be a, a, a plausible route, even 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 if it's you know not necessarily that realistic? Is that something you'd be interested in seeing, Dan? I mean, it, when you say it, it sounds it sounds quite quite peculiar, but mm. 
because because I think it's fairly desperate the situation. Yeah, the get like I would I would probably prefer to watch a lot of those games if the Welsh sides were were in the you know the second second tier of English rugby. I, I probably would I probably would prefer that knowing that there's 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 somewhere there's somewhere we could get to mm. where it would just be brilliant. Um, but I can't. I can't see that happening. Can you? No, no, I can't. I can't. I mean, I really uh, can't. In order, in order for it to work, you'd need the RFU to properly fund the championship, and you know, even before COVID, it doesn't look as though that was that was likely to happen. Um, so yeah, I, I I can't see anything like that. Murph, is this more just uh, social media ramblings? That um, could you, could you see that as a, a viable option? It sounds like something it's journalist made up rather than something based in reality but I mean uh, yeah I, I think I think it stemmed from Peter Jackson's all uh, um, oh, right well I mean if uh, you analyze it some, some of the championship sites have probably got budgets on a par with or bigger than the Welsh regions like the top end of the championship is you reckon well Ealing last year and Scar- oh, Scar- is, yeah I think I think Ealing, Ealing is would, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Ealing would so that would be that, that would be tricky so. and then so if it happened, first of all, they were going to ring fence the Premiership, so that would have to be scrapped. Secondly, well, the official line is it's not going to be ring fenced, right? It's, but only, I, a temp- it's only a temporary measure. But I think we yeah, all—they're benefiting greatly from it, yeah. so I, yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. it staying. Um, and then, even say that aside, uh, only one Welsh side a season could go up, so it would take you three yeah. seasons to get three clubs into the top flight, and then probably after that the fourth one might not even make it up. So you'd be giving away a regional side. Yeah. Potentially. Um, so, no. They get, in terms of interest, the English clubs get as much out of this as we, as we do. So if we ever went into bed with them, it would be equal footing for me or piss off. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think either is uh, on the horizon anytime soon. And while we're talking about development regions, uh, a, a quick word on the Dragons who lost uh, again this weekend. Um, uh, I'll, I'll do this in like 30 seconds. Half-decent first-half performance, went in went in leading at half-time uh, and then looked really ring-rusty in the second half and, and Benetton came out and, and scored tries. Very similar to the start of the season where Dragons had a very good habit of putting together a good first 40 and then just not being able to back it up. And having been on, as we said, their best run of form with a, a series of postponed games, um, sadly it was uh, it was back to losing ways. And it's, I don't know, I think it's something like nine losses not, in the last 10. It's not, it is, yeah, nine in 10. Mm. Not a good stat. No, it's not. And um, yeah, it's uh, lots, lots of questions. But on the plus side... JJ Hanrahan signed. Well, it looks like that's going to be a, that's going to be a done deal, which I think is a, a cracking bit of business. Experience ten. We've said this uh, a number of times. Murph, desperate need of of other tens at the Dragons. That's a good bit of business, isn't it? Yeah, and, and it's not just um, not just a backup for Sam Davis, mm. so we have so we can have a week off now and again. It's actual pressure on his position. Um, so yeah, really exciting. And obviously, as we pointed out in the week, uh, quite a comedy name. Uh, JJ Hanrahan for Cheers. for vintage comedy reasons and because of what it will uh, auto correct to if you're not careful. Exactly. What did you say? It auto corrects the ha ha. JJ ha ha ha. 
which is a, and, it sounds uh, like something off toast of uh, toast of london <laughs> <laughs> it does and it instantly as soon as it happened it reminded me of peter ohanrahan ranrahan from yeah. the day to day so yeah, yeah. I'm fairly certain he will there from here on in be referred to as JJ Hanra Hanra Hanra. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. In a, yeah, in the in the spirit of us getting people's names wrong. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll stick with that one. Just quickly to to wrap up on the Scarlets as well. So an afternoon to forget for them. Um they kind of kept it tight for about 15 minutes and then the floodgates absolutely opened and they ended up getting a spanking by Bordeaux who it, it just showed Bordeaux are a side who were top of the league in France and the Scarlets are a side who've barely played any rugby since November. So, you know, kind of what what did you expect really? But uh, And a few late changes in that side as well. Um, but they do have uh, they do have Bristol next week uh, in uh, internationally and uh, I caught up with... Pete from Bears Beyond the Gate podcast uh, to, to have a chat with him and preview that game. And you can hear that coming up right now. And then after that, we're going to take a very, very quick break. I'd like to say I'm joined now by Pete Brearley from Bears Beyond the Gate podcast. How are you doing, Pete? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, really nice to talk to you tonight. Yeah, great to have you on. Obviously, uh, we're here to, to preview the Scarlets versus uh, Scarlets versus Bristol game, and full disclosure, we're doing this a, a little bit, uh, a, a ten days away from the from the game, um, which during which time there's probably little chance of Scarlets playing any rugby during that time. Uh, but we thought we'd get you on to get a, a Bristol perspective of uh, of this fixture. Um, as you as you head into this one, what's your feeling? Is there a, is there a degree of confidence building amongst Bristol after a few decent results? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we uh, we had a pretty good festive season, um, mainly, I think, because we didn't play many games before because uh, the two European ones were cancelled, including obviously your one. Um, and although we lost two of them uh, and then won one against Sale on Friday, I think we saw a definite improvement from the team. And actually, I mean, realistically, uh, we could have beaten Leicester. It was a last minute try from them, I think. And I think what was and, and actually down at Exeter the following week, although we yeah, it wasn't brilliant. What was good that we we were much more solid and our pack was uh, was competing much more. Our defence was pretty good, and actually, it wasn't surprising that we won relatively easily. Actually, against Sale on Friday, a team that we've struggled with in in the in the past. So yeah, I mean, maybe not a not a great thing for for Scarlets fans to know, but I I, I think we are now coming into a bit of form. Uh, we we did have a pretty pretty dodgy first half of the season. Um, perhaps maybe you know some of our big players were injured weren't firing um perhaps quite a lot of the english teams have worked us out a little bit and we're having to kind of adapt but actually i think one of the big things one was one of the basics with rugby is that i don't think our our pack was really firing and we weren't really getting a, a decent platform for for the backs that were playing but um the omens seem quite good for us at the moment we we've had some as i said three really solid um solid games in terms of, of kind of defence and collisions and and actually look quite good against Sale in attack. So uh you know I, I don't wanna I don't wanna sound a little up too optimistic ten days in advance. But um yeah I'm hoping that we can now um push on a bit and, and do well in Europe. You mentioned some of the uh, some of the, the kind of the injuries at the, the start of the season. How much of a how much of a loss has Randrandra been to uh to Bristol this season? Yeah I think in many ways, it was probably more a psychological loss 
because it was quite a big surprise uh, that he was announced that he was going to be out for, well, initially, they said till January, although he did actually come back a bit earlier, um, having been away with uh, with Fiji in the in the Olympics. And I think it was a it was a big surprise. There hadn't been any inkling that that was going to happen. So I think um, psychologically that probably didn't help um, both the fans and perhaps some of the other squad. And yeah, I mean, clearly uh, as a, as a physical presence and and based on some of the performances he put in last season, it, it looked like we'd miss him. I mean, ironically, I've got to say. I wouldn't say he's been brilliant since he came back. And I think this is a combination of factors. Maybe he isn't still match fit. Maybe we're not quite using him uh, as well as we could do. Um, I mean, you know, there is this kind of feeling that sometimes when when things aren't going right, we just give the ball to Semi and just hope that he uh, he does something. But, you know, he, he often gets double double tackled by uh, by the opposition. And, and, and actually, the, I mean, Leicester and... Exeter games he, he didn't really play that well he, he dropped the ball quite a lot as well and, and got turned over a few times so it's yeah it, it, he is un, undoubtedly a, a massive weapon for us um, and uh, you know sadly again I think he's getting better and better every game he plays so uh, yeah we've got a big game on Sunday obviously against Stad which we're assuming he'll, he'll be playing in and uh, you know hopefully he'll be really sharp by the weekend after that. Yeah, I'm sensing an air of, uh, of of kind of quiet confidence going into the, going into the Scarlets game, Pete. What what do you uh, what do you think? What would represent a good result for Bristol in that game? Well, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I mean, if we win against Stad, we're in a very good position, um, I guess. I haven't looked at the mathematics. I mean, obviously, rightly or wrongly, we've we've already got a 28 0 win against Scarlets under our belt. Um, and uh, it makes me wonder that you know, depending on how it goes for them this weekend, what what sort of you know, game it's required. If they've got nothing to play for and we, you know, have got something to play for to, to, to qualify, then, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I feel like anything, though, you mentioned this earlier when we were talking earlier about, you know, there's always, a, it's always a big game when it's England against Wales and it's English clubs against Welsh clubs and I'm particularly Bristol against Welsh clubs. Um, so, and, and then when I look at your roster of players, you know, or, or the roster of players, sorry, you know, there's some big, big names there. So, you know, I, I, I'm probably being a little bit overly optimistic. I mean, we, I don't think I, we're underestimating how hard it will be to go, go to the Parky Scarlets, whether there's fans there or not. Uh, but, you know, we are, uh, you know, we, we aren't a bad side and, and we haven't had a great season, but really we're probably not as bad uh, this season, as the, as the table suggests, and, and perhaps we slightly overachieved last season, but we have got a, a decent squad. We've got some big players. We've got some heavy hitting forwards. Uh, we've got some mobile forwards as well. Um, and as I say, we've got a bit of stardust. And I think, you know, as a fan, we, we have to be positive. And we have to be confident. And, and, you know, we are on the up at the moment. But that said, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 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 not being sort of blindly optimistic. I, I I'm I think whatever the situation, it will be uh, it will be a, a, a good game of rugby and uh, it will be competitive. And I think really that's what we all want as fans. One hundred percent. And obviously, you mentioned there the squad. We've we've got to ask you this: being a, a Welsh rugby podcast, given how uh, how many uh, Welshmen there are in in that side, um, I suppose one that, that that jumps out is is Callum Sheedy, given his kind of um, his rise to, to playing for Wales this season. Been a bit of speculation uh, with regards to his future. AJ McGinty coming into to Bristol next season with Callum now having Welsh caps. 
the if he wants to continue that Welsh career, he's he's kind of got to, got to move on at some point. Is that something that the Bristol fans are expecting? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's yeah. Realistically, it, that is definitely something that's on the table. Um, Callum's a funny one. I mean, he is he is a he is a very very well respected. Uh, he is very much loved by the fan base. He's come up through the academy. Um, he's a very very. I mean, he's a, he's a sensible old head on on young shoulders. Uh, he's 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 reliable. I mean, his kicking is very reliable. But there have been questions asked about his form um his and, and, not, and not just his form this season but you know his his ability where it actually can go and, and if he's actually just sort of limited and and I think even even uh watching AJ McGinty on Friday for sale you know he did offer quite a lot of different things that, that Callum doesn't offer but it, it's difficult because I think Callum works to a system and, and I, I we we suspect that you know, he he is a system man. He is a Pat Lamb system man. And and perhaps sometimes his individuality has been stifled a little bit by it. And I, and I would say that, you know, those those performances he's put in for Wales, he's looked pretty good. I mean, I think he's looked he looked very good. And I, I do wonder uh, that maybe maybe that, you know, if he wants to perpetuate his or, or um, you know, develop his future, going back to Wales could well be something that you know is something that happens if if that happens I mean he'll go I'm sure he'll go with a heavy heart and he'll also go with uh a lot of credit in the bank um I mean we've also you've mentioned another young Welshman we've got which is Yoan Lloyd and you know there is there's no doubt that that kid is uh is gold dust uh he's he's absolutely that you mentioned stardust he's he's definitely got a he's a real jack-in-the-box with a, a hell of a lot of tricks problem with Lloyd is that we don't quite know what his best position is and, mm. and a lot of people think he is a long-term 10 I mean he's potentially too small to be an international fullback or a winger not necessarily and, and I mean there's been a lot of clamoring about getting you know Lloyd having a run at 10 but obviously the signing of AJ McGinty and with Sheedy still there you know has put that up, up to doubt I mean there, some people have been saying that you know he may get a start at 10 this weekend against Stad um, because that sort of footwork at 10 um, that he's got, you know, can maybe unlock the door for for the likes of Randranger to, to 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 hit some space and stuff like that. So yeah, it, there's a lot. I mean, it's a great problem to have, isn't it? We've we've got three things. I mean, my instinct is that I think I think Callum will be heading back to Wales at some point. I think it's inevitable. But in the, I mean, you know, it, having said that, you know, who knows? I mean. Pat, Pat Lamb is a pretty pragmatic person. I mean, yeah, he signed AJ McGinty, but you know, if we get one injury, and you know, you, you, and this is the one problem we've had this season is there's no be no real competition for Callum Sheedy, so he may want to keep hold of him. And and, and he definitely played better on Friday with a again with AJ McGinty on the pitch. He definitely upped his game a little bit. So maybe maybe Pat will want to keep him for to keep the competition going. So yeah, this is one that will run no doubt, and and, and undoubtedly we'll find out in due course. Yeah, well, great to get your insight, and hopefully, we'll um, we'll be able to uh, to see Scarlets versus Bristol in front of uh, in front of a packed house at, at one stadium or another at some point in uh, at some point in the near future, even if it's uh, even if it's not this game. But yeah, thanks very much for joining us on the Attacking Scrum. It's a pleasure. Thanks.
Right, boys, into the second half. This is the serious business of selecting the squad for the Six Nations. Uh, so Murph has been outspoken in his criticism of Wayne Pivak. I, well, I think I think we all said that it was a very you know the selections so far have not been have not been particularly um, particularly inspired. And there's been a few head scratchings in in previous squad selections. Dan's even got a marker out here. Look, Murph, he's got the big pen out. I think it's a bingo dobber. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe he's playing attack, attacking scrum, uh, attacking scrum bingo. bingo. Yeah, yeah. Rothmans, there we go. That one cycling that will be coming up soon. Yeah, virology um, Vir- and, and uh, get, getting someone's name wrong. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's it. Just sweating on the cycling reference then, and he'll be he'll be in, in for a full house. Uh, right. Let's establish a few ground rules then. So Wayne Pivak names his side on Tuesday. So in in tried and tested pre- uh, tradition, we're going to be naming our side uh, today. Now, in the past, he's gone for kind of a thirty-six or thirty-eight man squad. Um, so what do we reckon here? I reckon. Um, I reckon this is probably going to be a 36 squad. I think we should go for that. Um, well, what what makes you say that, Jed? Ooh. So that's what, what... Why do I think he's gone for that? 36, yeah. Well, I think that the... I think you've got to keep things... You've got to keep things a bit tighter. I think what will happen is it will be a tight 36 and then there'll be players added to it throughout. So as the... Well, it's a the, tight... You know, the George Norths get, you know, become fully fit. I can yeah. see him not being in that initial squad it's and then getting drafted in as it goes on. It's a tight 36 if he doesn't pick any injured players. Like, there's already, mm. there's already talk of Falatau's not going to be ready. He still hasn't played. Uh, but they're hoping he's going to be fit for the late February game, is it, against England? I'm not sure exactly when Yeah, that, that's yeah. late Feb. Well, this, that was the gist of the article. It was briefly scanned through and... So if he's picking a guy who's not ready for the first two games, then he need, to me he needs to pick thirty-eight. <laughs> but if Good if you if you're just going to do what he did in the autumn, which is pick people who haven't played all season who aren't fit, then you're just going to end up picking the rest of the uh, available Welsh players throughout the tournament as as the injuries come in and all the other different issues come in. The important bit is what are we going to do, and that's over to the chairman <laughs> <of> selectors. <laughs> chairman of selectors, what are we, what are we doing here? Evening, we'll be going for 38. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Right, 38-man 38 38 man squad it is then. Is there, right, no, let's is there, start, is there yeah. not a set, a set amount No, there's you? not, I don't think, for the Six Nations. Um, I think I think it's only World Cup when that happens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... And it's can, quite low, uh, isn't it, for the World Cup? Puts us 30 for yeah, the World Cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is super low, which is why yeah. you end up with business like... Gatland only taking two hookers in um, in 2015 and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, it's so low, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but it's so much more exciting, isn't it? Like it's a, I don't know. There's more jeopardy on the line. You would think that the Six Nations would impose one, but I don't mm. know. Maybe maybe they can't. Um, it makes right, you a bare thirty makes you pick utility players, doesn't it, in your squad? Mm. Yeah. Whereas a thirty-eight, there's no need really. Well, there isn't. There just, right. there just isn't no, any need. <laughs> All right, let's start up. Let's start up front then. Um, Lou said props, so Win Jones picks himself for me. Are we in agreement on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Win Win Jones straight away in there. All right. Are you writing the stand down, or um, have you just got that pen for show? It doesn't actually work. This pen, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> it's just in the top pocket of his blazer. There. Yeah. Out. That's it. Yeah. 
All right, I shall. Uh, I, I shall write. I shall write this down then, just so we uh, we have record of it. Uh, so Win Jones is straight away in there. Now for me, Nicky Smith goes as goes as a second choice loose head. Having not featured in the autumn, uh, for me, Nicky Smith is is the, is the one I would uh, I would be having in there as, as probably, my second choice loose head. I'd probably go so far as to say he is uh, to borrow the um, NFL parlance balling. At the moment, yeah. <laughs> Nicky Smith. I think he's playing. I think, I think Pivac must have pissed him off, as um, he is playing really well. And the guy who took his place in the Autumn series still hasn't, as far as I can tell, started a game for the Ospreys. Roger Jones. Yeah. I still haven't seen him in the starting lineup. And he was Nicky Smith was playing really well, wasn't he? When he wasn't picked. Yeah, he started but the season. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, but he's, he's gone he's, up again now. I think. Yeah, he's yeah yeah. Yeah, it's a, he's got to be in, hasn't he? It's a must. He's well, play, well, I, look, I, he's, I think so. He's playing better than his carry is. Yep. He is. He just is. And, and like, he, you know, based based on previous selection form, uh, Roger Jones will be picked up for both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think the key thing, yeah, I think the key thing with Nicky as well is that we got to, we've we, we got to pick um, our strongest scrimmages, haven't we? In, mm. in, in, like, on the bench as well. I think so. In this Six Nations, I think. Because we've gone with a good scrimmaging, well, good scrimmaging front row and then mobile on the, you know, mobile Actually, to, yeah, come, yeah, to come yeah. on. Or we've, put, we've done weird stuff and we've gone mobile, mobile to start. And then I think we've got to have out and out scrimmages in this Six Nations. Okay. What does that leave for third choice, Lou said then? He's carry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, realistically. He went well Friday, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, again, you know, showed what he could do. Did he score? Did he score a try? Uh, I'm, uh, uh, no, I'm not sure he? he did. No, d- d- Domachowski did, didn't he? Yeah. That's yes. Right. Yeah. 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 a really underrated player, by the way. Yeah. I think he should he should have been captain well, of the summer. Cardiff fans love him, don't they? Mm. Uh, he's a good player, he is I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, mm. One of those players. I'm. I don't know. I just think there's enough about him to suggest that he might be able to to make a step up, but I. I don't for a minute think Pivak will um, will do that. Um, so it probably is carry, isn't it? It does give you then an option. But I, well, don't, I, I mean, part of me is tempted to, if we were genuinely selecting this, part of me would be tempted to say, just leave him at Cardiff and, and get some game time rather than holding tackle pads. Well, if, if Rob Evans was on the pitch more often, fit more often, I, I would go for that. I would go Rob Evans, mm. Wynn Jones and Nicky Smith. But um, he, he makes his comeback and then he's gone again. With the Scarlets mm. and um, there's doesn't leave yeah. too too many options around the rest of the. Well, the other the other options are the two Ospreys who featured in the autumn, aren't they? And that's Gareth Thomas and uh, and Rodri Jones. Yeah, who, who you mentioned R- was was what, uh, was one of them picked as a tight head though. Um, I think one of them was picked as a three. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, I, again, you know, Gareth Thomas does get on the pitch for. Um, the Ospreys, but it never starts. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah if, all right. You know, if, if there was some kind of element to the guy who you think, well, he's a, he's, he's a massive prospect. He's only 19. He's only 20 or something like that. Or he's a, the future or something. But there's any, mm. anything like that going on. So, uh, he has been picking him. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he makes the, uh, especially if he picks 38 men. I would imagine he probably makes the squad that way, but I haven't seen personally seen anything that shouts 
uh, international rugby. Uh, I, 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 maybe I'm missing mm. something on the guy. I don't know, but could be, so could be is, he could be big in Rodri as in as the in as the uh, in yeah this. exactly yeah. What are you saying then, Dan? Who are we going with? I I, I would say Carrie. Okay. I really want him to. Uh, I really want him to step like massively step up. Mm. He's he's got he's got it all, hasn't he? he? Just needs to. Well, he crucially he doesn't have scrummaging. He, he, I mean, he doesn't right now, and and that's not to say that can't that can't happen or he can become a solid scrummager. But at the moment, it's, it doesn't it doesn't again the limited knowledge I've got of scrummaging. Well, you just you, you just know that that yeah, a but... lot of games he's been on the receiving end of. of can I give you excuses though, there if you want. Please for, for Friday night, um, the, the the real pressure was coming from uh, Will Collier. I don't know. Joe Malia didn't seem to be um, going all out at scrum time, um, hmm. and Will Collier is an underrated scrummer, the tight dead Harlequins. But yeah. um, he had a he had a back row forward behind him in the scrum. Yeah, good chat. Um, I'd much rather have Will Rowlands or. Uh, or dare I say it, Alan Wynn, if, if he's fit, or, or even Adam Beard. So um, there is a little bit of mitigating, but you're right. He, he he can, especially against South Africa was the one. That's the one that's sticking in yeah, everyone's memory. One, but they do that to everyone, you know, almost Please. everyone. Like, for, for example, Vincent Cock is leaving, um, the Saracens, leaving Saracens this year. Their scrum is going to suffer in the big mm. games because the next the next guy... Playing for them is not not the same standard. So, is he going to sail? Vincent Cock, I can't remember. It can't yes. be sail. No, is no it? idea. But it, I mean, it, I, th- I don't think they got enough South Africans up there. So the, the English Premiership is getting like a basically like a South African academy because Leicester have transformed themselves on the back of signing loads of South Africans. Sale have done the same, and there was already lots sprinkled throughout. You know, look for example, Harlequins could have probably won. More, much more comfortably against Cardiff on Friday if they picked Andre Eusterhazen, who was the best centre yeah, in the whole of the English Premiership. So, um, yeah, it's like a South African academy at the moment in England. Yeah, that cock would be a, uh, is a brilliant signing, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I, big, I think he's a big scrummager. Big scrummager. Yeah. I think it would be. Um, I'd, I'd like to see Carey behind with with a you know two two good scrummaging second rows and a, and a, and a and some scrummaging back rows in a way as well, which I know he's had. I know he's had for Wales in the odd game, but he's been up against really, really tough opposition. So then, then I yeah, think but that, does, that doesn't. I mean, look, I, realistically, he's going in as, as third choice. You know, as you know, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, bit, yeah. I'm a big fan of his, but it's that's the area. That's not the first time we've seen him get a, a going over at international level no. in the scrum, and that's because he's insanely hard to scrummage at a test match at test match level so um i mean yeah I, i'm certainly certainly not not giving up on him yet but anyway as usual boys we spent 15 minutes talking about loose head prop which yeah. which means we're gonna we're gonna be here all we, night we've yeah. got to get the front row right though haven't we? if we get the front yeah. row right we win the six nations isn't it? Oh, well this, this is where it gets really fun so uh, <laughs> no ken owens no ken owens at hooker oh dear um so at least i think i'm i think i'm right in saying yeah that. i think um, you are yeah yeah Ooh. So what are we what are we looking at here then? Um, I mean, it was another horror show from Ryan Elias at the line out today. Was um, it? Yeah, Holy it was horrific. Shit. To, oh, the point, to, oh. the, 
to the point where at one point Liam Williams uh, fielded a ball like um, yeah, was running backwards, wanted to grab it and take it quick, ran into the advertising hoardings, knocked it over and still took a quick throw instead of it going to a full line out um, because the, the Scarlet's line out had been that bad. Um, I thought again, you were going to say he was taking the line out throws, Jed. When you, start, when you started <laughs> off, oh, like, like, Fra- like France in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there, was, winged, there was quite in, a few wingers who used yeah. to throw in in the seventies. Yeah. yeah, it was and a thing, wasn't back. it? Yeah, yeah definitely. We, we, we might have um, to actually. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that said, Elias is chalked in as uh, well. Not chalked in; he's inked in as one of those one of those choices in hooker for me. I just, I just oh, think yeah. you have to. I think you've got to yeah. go with people with experience, and you know, and he's he's got that. Yeah, it does a no-brainer. Um, Elliot D. Fit thinks well. Uh, he he didn't play. Um, he didn't play this weekend, but I think he's supposed to be fit in time for the Six Nations. So again, working on that assumption, he's definitely in. Yeah, which leaves you really with not a lot. It leaves you with Brendan Rogers and Brendan uh, Rogers <laughs> and uh, and Dowie Lake. I think really isn't it? Or Kirby Myhill. Yeah, Derry um, Lake's lineup. That's that's a real issue, isn't it? I, I well. think I think Derry Lake's a long. You know, is see this is he starting the starting two at the Ospreys at the moment, or is it the, no? It's Elvis Tyone. Elvis James, right, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, uh, it's going to be Brendan Rogers again. I think. Yeah. What do you reckon, Dan? Yeah, I think it will be. It? Well, it, you know, it's, it's, it, um, that that throw when he did straight off the off yeah. the bench. It was a beautiful throw. That we could argue if he if he's doing that regularly, he uh, should be captain. Well, he could, yeah, yeah he, could, well, I mean, he, <laughs> he could well start, couldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, um, I, I just double checked that as well. Having not seen the Ospreys game yesterday, Derek Lake started, of right. course. Yeah, but generally <laughs> but, um, Elvis has been. Yeah, yeah. El- Elvis has started most of them. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, all right, we're going for God. What is his actual name? I just, I just call him Brendan Rogers. Uh, Bradley Roberts. Bradley Roberts. There yeah. we go. Thank you. Given given a few yeah. seconds, I can get anyone's name right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, right. Tight heads. Um... Well, it's. I mean, the, the, the Thomas Francis is head and shoulders above everyone else in the country. Will Griff John pulled out of the game today, which I'm hoping is a niggle rather than anything more serious because again I think yeah. he gets in the squad. And also it might it might be yeah, it might have been Six Nations in mind when he pulled out because yeah. it's three weeks to go, so he also yeah. is a Hopefully. He, yeah. Good scrummager, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah, but again he's, he's not played much rugby this year, has he? Hasn't played. I mean the Scarlet's no. generally haven't played yeah. much, but um but yes, Dan, is, is that your fax machine I can hear going up in the background? <laughs> yeah, sorry, there's just some order coming in now. <laughs> That's it. Uh, the 20, 20 boxes of Rothmans. <laughs> Thank you, Dilith. <laughs> uh, Sponsorship's working, Jed. It is, I know, that's it. Um, right, Will Griff John then still goes in. Let's work on the basis that he is fit. Yeah, yeah. tactical um, today. Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't stop, even if he wasn't fit, it wouldn't stop Pivak from pitting him anyway. So it's no, not a consideration um, for fitness. Yeah, it's look. No. You, 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 now we're down to to me. Dylan Lewis has been the guy who's been getting the third slot. Personally, I don't think he scrummages. Well, he, he doesn't start that many for Cardiff. Mm. Uh, I think because he, he he's going to be under pressure in his scrummaging. So I personally, based on the not many minutes <laughs> at all, but I go Leon Brown. Hmm. 
Dan? <laughs> so that would be Thomas I, Francis. Personally, I, I, go, I go Dylan Lewis as the third choice. So if we're saying France, Francis and Wilgriff John are, Francis, uh, Wilgriff John, are going as the first two. Yeah, Leon Brown or... Leon I, Brown or, I, or Dylan Lewis or <laughs> Roger Jones on uh, one side of the scrum. Yeah, Gareth Thomas, I think, played three. I don't know if he Tom, played three or one. I'm not sure. I'm sure I'm sure Thomas is a loose head by trade, isn't he? I, thought, I, I don't know. I, mm. Yeah, because he started a lot of games at one with, with Tom Francis at, at three. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, Rod, Roger Jones can play either side, can't he? So I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think he'll, I think he'll be there for sure. I really do. Um, I think it's yeah. certain that he'll be there. Um, Theoretically, he can play ten as well, but he never actually starts a game, so you'll never know <laughs> if he actually plays any position. He's just like a, he's like an idea more on a player. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he did. He did a couple of. Uh, was it a, about a, last last season? He did scrummage. I think it was last season. He did scrummage really well, didn't he? In a few, he was pretty destructive. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Leon Brown. Okay, well that's two that's two votes to one. Um, I mean, I like I like Leon, and I hope that he's, he's played so such little rugby um, yeah. that that is that is definitely a concern. Right? Okay. Um, for a normal for a normal row. coach, it would be a concern, but not for our. Wing. <laughs> uh, you really tickled yourself. Bit, <laughs> he you? just right. loves people um, picking unavailable players. He just loves it. Yeah, I know. Well, that's it, right? So for the second rows, Alan Wynne Jones is definitely out. Now I know he'll be in Pivac side, but he's definitely <laughs> out. Um, so how many how many second rows are we gonna are we gonna take? This is where it all gets blurry to me. Yeah, no matter whether you're naming us thirty six or a thirty eight, this is where yeah. it's it real blurry. We should have had a framework ready for. Uh... Because sometimes they do four, sometimes they do five. Um, well, look, you, there's obvious ones who are going to go, is not there? You know, uh, well, the beard, beard is in the beard and um, Rollins, Will Rollins. I think I think Seth Davis has to go now as well. Yeah, he's, yeah, playing, he's, playing he's probably well, in the form of his life, I would say. And again, can we have less arsing around trying to play him as a back rower, please? Yeah, like. Just for me, in there as in there as a second row, and yeah, you're right. He's, he's he's playing a lot better, both in the the grunt work. I thought his his leadership in those games, those uh, dirty dozen games over Christmas, mm. and then you know some nice touches with the offloads that we know he's got, and this kicking game um, that mm. uh, seemingly everyone seems to be absolutely fine with. Um, I for one am. Um, I, I think I think he definitely goes in there as well. Then after that. Ospreys. Where are we looking? Reese. Reese Davis. You like Reese Davis? Don't I you? really. Yeah, I, do. I really like him. Yeah. Yeah, I do, but I'm not sure if Wayne has had a serious look at him yet. He kept picked up as a late replacement, didn't he? And then didn't feature, mm. if I remember correctly, in the autumn. In in the big performances for the Ospreys, well, last year he 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 was the he was the guy leading the charge, wasn't he? Really taking it taking it to the other sides. Yeah, uh, who else um, was in, involved well, in the autumn? I know he's had a few niggles, but I dare say Christians will be somewhere in the squad. Yeah, um, as a second row though, we haven't played there yet for Wales. No, be... What did he do? Just come off the bench as a six, did he? Played six, definitely mm-hmm. in the last out in six. He might have been 
second row in the first. Yeah, that's one. right. It, yeah. No, he came he came off the bench as a six mm. as well, didn't he? I yeah. Think. yeah. Um, he does. He does look still. I've said it before. He still looks a bit light for international second row work, but. You've been worried is, about him in the second row. Well, the frame is so big. You, can, you know, I, I think you'll get there eventually. Um, I can't think who else. Well, Alan Wynn started the autumn as well, and then got yeah. injured. Um, but there must and have been ben, ben Carter would be Carter. the other one. Oh, Ben Carter. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Ben Carter is probably going to be carry on being involved as well. I imagine because I mean, well, yeah, I'd, I'd have him in there as well because again, he's just a real kind of nuts and bolts mm. second row, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, so that's four. That yeah, four. I think that's. I think that's probably four. Yeah, and then that's... if you pick Shuns are in the squad, you've got a little bit of cover there as well. Yeah, that's probably it, isn't it? Mm. Uh, oh well, yeah. So, so Reece Davis misses out. Are we saying? Oh right. Uh, depends on how many second rows we're taking. Four. I take four. it. Four. I think it. you have four in a thirty-eight man squad, don't you? Yeah. You take him over Carter then. Oh, it's hard. It's, yeah. He came just from... the way... yeah, I... Go on. I was just going to say, he came from Bath, didn't he, Reese Davis? He did. Yeah, he yeah, did. He, did. He, put he, he put in some good shifts there as well. I don't know. He's, he's... He doesn't catch the eyes. But if you when you watch the games, he's, he's involved in so much. His work rate is, is crazy. His work rate is really, really high, which I know Carter's is as well, isn't it? Um, Seb Davis has got little bit of X factor about him is playing really well, isn't he? So maybe he does. Maybe he does. He probably does narrowly miss out, but it's a a great guy to call up if we have a knock. Um, I think he's you know pretty hard done by really. But yeah, maybe he misses out then. Yeah, hmm. I mean, look, first choice is going to be Adam Beard and Will Rowlands. Um, yeah. Seb Davis is probably the form second row outside of them, and then you've got to choose between Ben Carter and. Um, Reese Davis, if you're going for four, and then you've obviously got the. I mean, you could you could put five you could put five in and have Reese Davis. You could, but it, yeah, mm. but if they're going to pick Chunza as a back row cover, he's also a bit of utility for the second row. So, all right, let's start having a look at the back row then as well, because what that will probably mean is you have six or seven. Depending on um, on what you want to do here, um, I mean, if, yeah, if it's thirty eight, you probably have seven back row forwards. Mm. I would say, yeah, I mean, um, bare minimum six. So yeah, yeah, I think I think you I think you have seven here. So mm. let's start with the, the troublesome position of number eight. Uh, so Wainwright is in. Mm-hmm. Dan, what are your thoughts on Morgan Morris? Been playing well. He's definitely been playing well. Good number of people saying he should be he should be involved now. I'm not sure whether he's I'm not sure whether he's going to be there internationally, but we're you know, we haven't got a great deal of options, have we? And he is you know, he is an eight. He's an out and out eight. So yeah, probably you know, probably gonna to have to come in, isn't he? I, I, t- I mean, I can't. Th- I can't think of it. If, if we're not picking I, Toby, I, which we can't, then not sure. realistically, I don't know. I don't know who else there is. Moriarty's on the way back to fitness, but again, if we're sticking to this, let's only pick players who are fit at this stage. Then you can't pick Moriarty. No, it, yeah, if, yeah. If Moriarty was fit, I definitely wouldn't pick Martin Morris. 
<laughs> Morgan <laughs> Morris. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, if Moriarty was there, I wouldn't bother myself. Uh, but in light of the fact, both him and Falatel are not ready, well, not ready right. for the start of the tournament. They might have to. Otherwise, I mean, obviously, Navidi's not back either. So, Navidi's not back, and both of them who can play eight is, uh, you know, yeah, not likely to victory either. So maybe Rodri yeah. Jones can play eight. I don't know. Possibly, um, and then you know, Rod- Rodri Jones, the concept, can play eight. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and it gets really, you know, you you looking at um, like uh, people well, like Ellis sc- Jenkins sc- has covered eight in, yeah, in, in the past. Exactly. But yeah. you, you don't want to you don't want to start an international game with Ellis Jenkins today. If he has to end up there, fine. But um, they might have to turn to. I, I'm trying to think. Um, trying to feel, I, I tell you, I feel sorry um, for Callum starts. Yeah, I feel sorry for Josh McLeod and people like that. Oh uh, yeah, that's rough luck, isn't yeah. it? He's been out for a year, and mm. is it twice he's been in the squad and got injured and mm. um, never never had that cap? But yeah, I mean, you know, he is a player who could. Um, who could obviously cover six, seven, and eight, isn't he? Um, but yeah, uh, again, unlikely, to, unlikely to be fit. Yeah, um, I think it has to be more Morris, really, doesn't it? I mean, I think I, we need a spe- yeah, we I, need I, a I, specialist I think... eight, don't we? We need. Well, it, he... I think it, it, uh, based on previous for us, that's the way we we would go. But based on previous PVAC selections, he will. Pick Wainwright and then go for the almost fit guys, both of them, Moriarty and uh, Falato. Yeah. All right. What are we What are we doing then, Dan? Final say. I pick him. Yeah, let's pick him. Let's have an out and out eight. Fine. Yeah. Go on. I like that. Good conviction. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at Let's take a look at sevens then. Ellis Jenkins is in for me. Mm. A couple of. A couple of concerns. I didn't get his best game on Friday night. Actually, um, those those two penalty decisions that went against him. Yes, you know, in other games that might not have happened, but that was a little bit um, a little bit frustrating. But the guy's class, and for me, he'll be captain in the side as well. Yeah, squad captain. Yeah, yeah. So Ellis Jenkins were agreed as in as a seven. Um, then outside of that, um, Thomas Young was there in the in the autumn. Mm. Um, I think he'll go. What? Two sevens will be uh, uh, Ellis Jenkins and um, Tim Basham. But is that? I mean, we're, we're talking about Ellis Jenkins as a seven here. Um, you know, is, is he likely to play as a seven under Pivac, or you know, is he is he a six at international level with a? Yeah. You know. Exactly. <laughs> in the autumn, he was a six. He was. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, but either way, Basham's in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the blind side is actually a bit tricky with Ross Moriarty. I it? think I think Shane Lewis Hughes has to go. I agree here. with you. I think just yeah. I need a bit of bulk in a back row. Mm. We need we yeah we need a line out option as well. Six foot four, big man at six. I mean, if you start looking across the other regions, like the, uh, not much on the blind side in the absence of Dan Lydia to the Ospreys. No. Um, Clearly, using the main blind side is um, Blake Thompson. Yeah, uh, that leaves you with Harrison Keddy. Yeah, at the Dragons. So it's really without Moriarty fit. It makes this more like I, I don't know how far along he is with his shoulder injury, but it makes it more likely yeah. he's going to go in as an injured player. 
Yeah, and that and that could happen. Um, if yeah, if we're sticking to our policy, he doesn't go in. I think the reality is is that he's likely to. Well, um, yeah, because to, to the eight, the shortage of eight uh, and the shortage of uh, six, he's likely to get a pass. Dan, do you want to do you want to renege on this policy and put him in, or what are you thinking? <laughs> or Moriarty? Mm. He he is going to play a Six Nations game. I've no doubt about it. If he gets fit, all he'll all it'll take is like fifty minutes for the Dragons, where he doesn't get injured. Yeah, and, I don't think uh, it's right. He'll, he'll I, I don't think it's right for him though. I mean, the, the weights. Well, it's probably Harrison Keddy then. Otherwise, you know, Harrison. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we got. Was it Jack Morgan? I mean, well, that's it. Unless you pick um, another seven, yeah, Jack well, Morgan. It, which, yeah, Jack Morgan. Jack Morgan Jenkins, is a six. seven. Yeah, good. Actually, good point. But that's a very, very mobile back row then. It is. You know. It is a small, yeah. As well, that's why I think Shane Lewis uses. Mm. Shane Lewis uses him for me. And you have got you have got Morris in there, and you have got Wayne. I know Wayne Wright is an athlete, but he's at least you know he, he's a big enough player to play six or eight. Um, it is small though, isn't it? It's a small. It is, yeah, you know, these are small back row options. Shunza, Shunza, <clears throat> yeah, Shingler. He, he would be the seventh. Yeah, are, are we saying there's no hope for for Thomas Young? No, I'm not saying that. I just don't think he got... Well, I mean, it's another bloody seven. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't get much of a look-in in the autumn. So no. um, he could get picked as a six. He normally plays six for the uh, Wasps. So, um, or quite often, anyway. So that wouldn't that be impossible work. either. But that, again, you're committing to a really lightweight back row there. Yeah. We, we might. We, well, it looks like we are going to have to go. With a lightweight back row, yeah, based on a lack of options. Yeah. I know he's had. A, I know he's had a few niggles, but and you know barely played any first class rugby. But I, I think Shunza will be in the squad. Hello, do. Um, do you think is he is he in ours? Yeah, I think he will. Well, be. there's no and if he's based on yeah. what he did in the autumn. There's no point in leaving him out now because it went well in the autumn. No. So and he's a development player. He's a he's a bringer honour like if you know what I mean so there's no point in actually overlooking him now unless he's injured I just wonder whether they might just for those those autumn you know bring him in give him a little taste and then leave him out for mm. Gavin had a bit of that in him didn't he leave him out Gavin. for a bit but yeah but that, that would yeah. normally be with a teenage winger pick him at the age yeah. of 17 yeah. and then don't look him again until they're 20 and then find out they're crap <laughs> yeah, he did do a fair bit. He did do a fair bit of that, didn't he? A little potted history there for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, remember it well. Um, okay. Right. Here's so, where here's where we are, panel. Right, is we have Wainwright, Morris, Jenkins, Basham, and Shane Lewis Hughes in, and we're saying there's two more berths. I think Shins is probably one of them because at least there's a bit of size there. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What do you reckon, Dan? Oh, he's not having it. Here's one for you. Here's a left field one for you. And he's he's probably a seven again. Tommy Raffle. Oh, good player. Very good player. He struggles to start that many for Leicester now. I mean, not that not I mean, that that's an issue. Start, we just, yeah, we just need someone who's upright, who can play back row and uh, and got two legs and two arms. He's mm. a lovely player, but the thing is, <clears throat> what we need, what we're struggling with is. Is the eight and the six? Mm. Yeah. Um, so he kind of does. Again, he's not. A, he's not a particularly big guy either, is he? Raffle. He's another. No. Kind of no, he's not. Five eleven, six footer. I wonder whether Morris will miss out then, and 
I don't think I don't think you can. There's no size at all if he misses out, is there? Mm. Well, he's not a big small, guy he's, anyway. Yeah, he's a small. He's, <laughs> but there's some, but you know, there's some squat and some bulk yeah. to him. You know, he looks like a number eight, doesn't he? Mm. I think. I wonder whether he'll miss out though. Then he looks a bit and like a hooker as well. We'll have. Oh, it's the same thing in this day and age, yeah, though, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Alfie Barberi. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Oh, great player, isn't he? Mm. Oh yeah, he's in these top. He'd, he'd be in our squad. <laughs> yeah, can we call him that? Um, I think he'd be in. I think he'd be in most squads, wouldn't he? I think he's, a, he's an outstanding player. Um, so I think Morris is going to miss out. Then I think so. I just have never a... mind what. Never mind what Pivak's going to do though, Dan. We <laughs> need to find two back row options here. All right, all right. And at the moment, Murph is he's, he's dusting off his. He's dusting off his boots. <laughs> God, the Morgan Wanderers socks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, look, I've got to leave the forwards to you, boys, haven't I? So... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Very, very... Um, right. I, th- I think Shins is, I think Shins front is in bench, one of these. Front bench politician that was, passing the buck on to someone. Um, yeah. yeah well, you I, both I just, think Shins is in, don't you? I don't you, think so? there's, there's actually that many calls to make between, you know, because of what's available. There's, there's only kind of Thomas Young, you know, yes or no. And then... Um, Chunza probably uh, and the others we've mentioned probably all get picked because of the absence of um, uh, Falatau and uh, Ross Mariati and uh, Tips and you know the, you know mm. uh, Josh McLeod. So we're mm. just picking what's left <laughs> in a way. Would you have Jack? If Jack Morgan's in, so if Jack Morgan's seven. We've got six sevens in the squad. Yeah, yeah. We, we, have, we, yeah, we, <laughs> Ellis, we haven't got Jack Morgan at the moment. No. Ellis Jenkins at this rate is an eight. Yeah. <laughs> Wainwright's an eight. Jack Morgan's a seven. But Ta- Basham is a Rodney s- Jones, nine. Is a Seth seven. Davis, ten. <laughs> um, Shane Lewis Hughes, six. Right, um, what you've got here then, what you've got here at the moment... This, this is where Jack Morgan gets in. So you've got Wainwright, eight. Morris, eight. Jenkins, six. St. Louis Hughes, six. <clears throat> Shunza, six, slash, second row. Basham, seven. And that's where Jack Morgan gets in. Yeah. It, well, it's a straight go there. If we go that way, it's a straight choice. For... The, th- the thing we haven't said about Morgan, right, is he is proper X Factor. Uh, I have no doubt yeah. he has all the raw ability to be a, to be a proven... Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it was a surprise in the autumn that he seven. wasn't in the squad, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. it's a straight go based on what we've done. It's a straight go between him and Thomas Young. <clears throat> Jack Morgan for me. Yeah, me too. It's a, it's a progressive, you know, yeah, future also. based. So why not? <laughs> right, good. Forwards done. <laughs> um, An hour. Right, scrum halves. Scrum halves. Thomas Thomas Williams is there and starting nine for me. Uh, he's, he's, you've, uh, you've got you've got to commit to him now. But- I think. How, how is he in the last 10 minutes of a game? He was off. Lloyd Williams was on. <laughs> well, he was off, wasn't he? Yeah. But the thing is, you're not going to play in the last 10 no, minutes of a game if you start. Not many ninth finish games anymore. No. Well, I think it's the same three from the autumn myself. If you want to, you know, unless you thought, think anyone's broken through, it's just the same three. I'm I thought you had Reese Webb, <laughs> well, yeah. Jed was. Yeah, and, and I, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised you didn't it, start with him, Jed. He won't, though. You know, no, he, no, I know he, he won't. But he it's like, it, at what it? point? No, I, he can't do because otherwise he'd, he'd yeah. pick him. Um, 
I, th- I think Williams has been in really good form, actually. And I, d- I didn't think he had a particularly special autumn, but he's been excellent in these European games and in some pretty t- trying circumstances. Mm. I, I, look, he's an, he's an X-Factor player. He, he played very well, didn't he? I didn't. I disagree. Actually, I thought he got outplayed by mm. Danny Kerr. I thought he got carried over the line pretty much by Danny Kerr, which is not a good look for a young aspiring international nine. Danny Kerr at the age of 34, 35, wasn't that type of player in his prime, and he got carried over the line, try line all the time. Um, yeah, that was poor. That was shit. Uh, yeah. And I wasn't impressed with him in the autumn, and he, uh, no shame in it at all, but he got brushed off quite easily by Antoine Dupont, but then who doesn't? Um, mm. So I'd been disappointed with him in the last uh, five, six months. So um, I was disappointed th- with him in the autumn. I thought he's been good since then. I agree with some of those yeah. points you said uh, then, but that, uh, I, the, the tempo of that whole game was dictated from nine and ten from Cardiff. Sure, but I thought the pair. I thought the pair of them went really, really well. Well, that said, <laughs> no one else is putting their hand up. You know, Reese Webber side. I'm not being funny. There's no. There's no like like Gareth Davis has not played much rugby. No. Kieran Hardy's played even less, and when he has, has been in honking form. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what? And then what else have you got? But that's you know, the bigger issue. Rodri 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 Williams hasn't played and isn't good no. enough. Um, There's no competition. You know, I just the competition is not strong enough at nine. We, we've said it for a long time, haven't we? Yeah. Look, well, we, we would yeah. all go Reese Webb. We know that. But um, in, in, yeah. in light of the fact that uh, Wayne's decided he's retired, um, it, it's going to be Thomas, and the other two have got no challenges. So even though, like you say, Kieran Hardy's not playing well. There's no, yeah, there's I, no one, there's no one obvious uh, to take his I, place. I think we'd feel so much happier, wouldn't we, if Webb did get just with that that all round game, the control. You know, he's not he's not as pacey as the other boys, but he's still got to try in him from from twenty or thirty yards out. But it's the control, isn't it? That experience. Williams and Davis are in our side, which means we have to pick we have to pick one other. And you're saying it's Hardy Murphy. I think that's what he will do. I would pick Reese Webb as first choice. We can and pick him. We, we can pick him. <laughs> yeah, we can pick him we're, then. Yeah, we're instead, of Keaton, him. instead of Keaton. Sin. Right. Um, yeah, it won't happen in a million years, but that would be that would be our choice. Right, yeah. ten. I think for uh, bearing in mind in the autumn, Killick was genuinely close to getting a call up. That's how that's how few fit tens there were for that <laughs> New Zealand game. Um, I think actually is quite interesting this time round. Um, Bigger is still out and out first choice 10 for me yeah then after that it gets a bit interesting so we have Sheedy we have Anscom uh, Patchell has played a little bit of rugby mm. we have Jared Evans um, I mean Priestland featured in the autumn I don't think I don't necessarily think that's going to happen again oh. um, where's your, where, where are you going Dan? I'm going to go Anscom. Okay, as your as your second choice as my, ten. Yeah, as second choice. Yeah, yeah. Murph. Yeah, I don't disagree. He had a dodgy game against Glasgow um, fortnight ago, but um, I think he's good enough to get over it and come back. You know, to his best. Um, it's the it's the it's the. To me, I, I don't know if anyone feels different. It's, it's the third spot is the contentious one. Yeah, it is. Well, look, I, if again, if we're looking at what Pivak will do, Sheedy will go as second choice and Anscombe as third. I think. <laughs> he will. She, he, he's definitely going to pick Sheedy as second choice. I'm sure of it. Mm. 
Oh, I don't know. Mm, um, mm, yeah. I don't know. It was was this before I think PVAC, he's a big... that it was that it was it was starting with Anscombe. I think it was before Pivac, wasn't it? Yeah, starting with Anscombe and then bigger off the bench. That was the yeah, end. That of, was that was Gatland. The end of Gatland. Twenty nineteen yeah. Grand Slam. Yeah. Well, he hasn't actually had Anscombe fit very much since then. Pivac no. hasn't. So I think we might end up with those two being the match day squad players. But personally, I wouldn't pick Sheedy in the, in the Six Nations squad. You no, I don't think I would. Who's your, who's, your, who's your third then? I, I think Jared would be my third. Yeah, I, I would go Jared. Or if he gets, uh, I know he's picking a Tuesday, so he hasn't got any opportunity. I don't know how much game time he got uh, this weekend, Patchell, but he was. He got a, he got a half this weekend, oh, well, or just, you know, uh, just uh, under. Uh, if he looked okay in that, I would have, I would pick him. Yeah, any time yeah, I mean, he looked okay, been... as much as he didn't get injured. Well, yeah, but then he... you just bring, you just call up Jared. That's it, you know. And injury is not something that bothers Wayne. We, no, you know we, he'll he's happen picked, anyway. He? Yeah. A- Any time. So, I mean, um, the danger there is. Sorry, Dan. The danger there is is that you have got outside of bigger who's playing loads of rugby. You've got Anscombe who still has been managed very, very carefully and not played that much rugby hmm. this this season. And you've got Patrick who played even less. Whereas Sheedy, to be fair, has played lots of rugby, lots of top flight rugby yeah but it, I'm still I'm still yet to see that he's the answer at 10 but well I, I prefer Jarrett to Sheedy anyway so it's, that's not mm. an issue for me um, I know I, like you say we, we know Wayne disagrees but so my my, my third spot is literally a straight go between Reese Patchell uh, and Jarrett Evans and so if you go in if you go in the who's got the minutes under their belt route then it'd be Jarrett well that gets my vote as well Dan yeah, I think any time Patchell's been, you know, been relatively fit or just about coming back, he's been in. The, he's been pretty much in the Welsh squad, hasn't he? Yeah, the I, 2020. I like, he hasn't, he hasn't, yeah, but 2020 been... autumn internationals. He was picked. That was a. Was it was it? a full year after oh. he got injured from the yeah. 2019 World Cup. Came in, got injured again in no time, uh, and then he's just resurfaced again this this mm. autumn. He's obviously uh, this winter. Like, so. Yeah, he's really well regarded, isn't he? I like I like him. I like him as well. But I think yeah, I think it's too much of a it's too much of a risk because Anscombe will be there. Good point, Jed, on the injury. I I like Jared, so I really like Jared as you boys do, but I I don't think Pivak I don't think Pivak does. No. Oh no, um, we, no, we know that. Um Yeah. But we like we're picking ours, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd pick him in. I'd pick him in in mine. Yeah, well, but I, look, I, I, I think I Sheedy s- will be there. I go so far as to say Bristol have been in poor. Are they pretty much bottom but one or something of the mm-hmm. uh, English Premiership? And I think uh, the absence of Randranda and the form of some of the players, including Callum Sheedy, is the reason why they're down that low. Well, look, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy with Jared Evans in there. Um, and I love Patchell, but again, I just think let him get a bit more rugby, um, let him get a bit more rugby, and and properly recover this time. Yeah. So uh, I think yeah, I think Evans comes in for that reason. Right, we've still got twelve positions available <laughs> here, um, <laughs> which suggests that the maths was slightly off. Um, but what, what's that realistic? So that could be five centres and seven back three players. Hmm. No, that's not that's not outrageous, is it? Um, let's work on that basis. Well, mind you, five centres uh, feels feels like we're hard pushed to to we, find five can, here. Yeah. Can we get um, Reese Davis in now? 
Well, they would, they, they would normally pick or four you, you can you can yeah. Yeah, in which case, Dan, yeah. Rhys Davis goes into the... Goes into the uh, I thought you were talking about a centre. I know it was. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. but he goes in... No. He, go, he goes... Yeah, he goes in. We need as many second rows as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still right, half a new Four, four right. centres. You can never have too many second rows. Um, no. So, obviously, uh, Jonathan Davis is cast iron, and I would say Halaholo is a cast iron, and then... Nick Tompkins is going to be a cast iron, and it's one of them, isn't it? Walking went well this weekend. I'd have Walking in my side. I like Walking. I think he's been outdone by. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah. But well, I mean, what's the? Was, so there's there's leaving. That's so, so you're then down to Scott Williams or Kieran. Um, Kieran, Kieran Williams. Williams. People people like him. Don't oh, they? Johnny Williams is still injured, is he? Johnny. Well, he did. Yeah, he didn't feature today. No, um, he hasn't featured this month. Yeah, well, I yeah, don't remember yeah. him playing since the autumn. So I can't remember. No, he him. didn't. He didn't play. He, he didn't play in the um, uh, in the game against uh, the Ospreys on New Year's Day, did he? Oh. Naira Owen. I'm a Owen fan. Yeah, now there's a share. I'm a massive Owen fan. Yeah. I don't think he will feature. I, uh, I'm not sure he's playing as well as he was start of the season right now so mm. it's less likely if you did pick him in the autumn it's less likely he's going to pick him now but uh, with injuries around the way with uh, Johnny Williams Scott Williams I'm not sure he's I'm not sure he's going to turn to Scott Williams just because of age no uh, and George North obviously so it could be someone like that but uh, I'm trying to think I've got all the, all the cover in um, in the autumn it was Nick, Cop- Nick Tompkins was the most regular selected so, centre. So Ben Thomas was there as well when he in the, in ben the Thomas background. We need. Oh, he hasn't. He hasn't played for Cardiff actually, has he? No, no not much. No. Off, off the bench against. Yeah, off the bench a little bit. Uh, yeah. He's quite a lot of our centres again are injury prone, carrying injuries. We need someone that's going to. That that for me is why Watkin gets in. Yeah, he's had a decent injury record. Uh, that's it. Yeah. He's, uh, well, not, that's not the only reason I really like him. I, mean, he's, I think he's a, an underrated player. Um, in that case, I, based on yeah, based on it, the common sense we're using, that means Josh Adams will get picked as a thirteen <laughs> again. Um, yeah, so that is um, that. Then is what Halaholo, John Fox, Owen Watkin, Nick Tompkins. I'm worried about John Fox, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. Still worry. I know we said it a number of times, but and I, you know he's, he's absolute class. But um, you just wonder whether that last injury is really taking it out of him. Mm. There's no, there's, there's no like. Missing, uh, well, the other one that we thought might have got a uh, look in in the autumn, but didn't, and then uh, or got injured, and then hasn't been back to his best since is Michael Collins. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. yeah. I don't again. Obviously, we don't know. None of us went know where he went yesterday. But um, generally, he's not been in. He's not been in good form since. Coming it looks. Back a, it looks a little bit um, underweight, you know, for the the type mm-hmm. of rugby we're playing up here. So um, yeah, I, I would... and thing is, he's a converted thirteen as well, isn't he? Like in the start of his career, he played a lot, at, a lot of fifteen. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I, th- I think that's the four, isn't it? Halaholo, John Fox, Watkin and Tompkins. Yeah. I mean, as soon as we finish recording, we remember someone else, but that's always the way. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, 
which still leaves us right. So 27, 28, 29, 30, 31. That leaves us with seven for the back three. Good, because that, that means we can somehow shoehorn Jonah Holmes into the side. Who's in fairness, is uh, not as play, he's, like a few people. He's not playing as well as he was uh, when he was no, when he was overlooked. Thing is, he, could, he he was playing so well, wasn't he? he was, it was only going to get worse for him. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He yeah, was playing point. that well. Yeah, um, and it will demoralise yeah, you if you play that well and you don't get yeah. selected. Absolutely, uh, yeah. You think, uh, what more can you do? You know. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what, he'll be doing. He'll be having a word with. Um, he'll be having a word with his agent about getting getting a, a job back at Leicester when his contracts are. That's what he'll be doing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If he's not likely to feature for Wales, he's not going to stick around in the Dragons. I wouldn't have thought. No. Yeah. Good point. Um, yeah. Which is yeah something to look forward to. Um, <laughs> Right, Josh Josh Adams is in, right? Adams is in, we know that. And um, Zamet. And Lewis Reese Zamet is in. What about that? Owen Lane? Played very well on the weekend. Mm, uh, yeah, he did. He did. And I've been. I, I really like Owen Lane, but my worry is about acceleration at, um, at international level. But. He was great. He was absolutely great. Well, he, he made the autumn squad, so there's no reason why he wouldn't make the Six Nations squad. Uh, obviously, the autumn squad was bigger. But, um, well, it was. Well, I don't think it was any bigger than this. <laughs> uh, I think it was 38 in the autumn. Oh, I thought it was 40 something, 41 maybe. Well, there was there was about 45 by the time it yeah, finished. Yeah. But um, I. Th- um, well, look, uh, Liam Williams is going to be Liam Williams fifteen going, slot, yeah. he had a, and there's he had a horror show of the first half. Today, and so but, is uh, yeah. McNichol. Yeah, um, I think I'd have him in there as well, actually. Yeah, he played well in the autumn. So that's four. That's we still four. need more wingers. Uh, who else played wing in the autumn? Cuthbert. Oh, Owen Lane, Cuthy. I mean, that was a late replacement, though, Cuthy, wasn't it? Because he picked Liam Williams, who wasn't fit. Mm. So I personally, like I said at the time, if you was going to pick one of the Ospreys wingers, I'd have picked Matt Prothero. Um, yeah, he played well. He played well. Okay. He's just, he's just got, he's just got more more defenders beaten than uh, Alex Cuthbert. So, um, but otherwise, you know, there's not with, with the carrying the injuries they're carrying as well to various people like um, Ashton Hewitt and. Uh, and if you don't, Jonah, Jonah Holmes, we would have as well. So, we, I mean, half, half, half penny in a normal year would be, yeah, I mean, would be, we would uh, struggle would be to be involved. We'd struggle to pick seven, otherwise. We don't actually. So, what are we saying? What, what are we saying here then? Uh, so, we've got four who are pretty, pretty nailed on, and then outside of that, yeah, Owen Lane. Lane's yeah. got to be in, isn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, he's the man. He was the, the cent. He's not going to play centre, is he? But but he was the man in possession in the autumn, so. Well, he hasn't yeah. played, yeah. played poorly. But you could, in theory, have him with 23 on his back, knowing that he could cover centre in a uh, in a crisis. Yeah. God, you should have said 36, Dan. Would you? 38? Yeah, I think we should say 36 now, because otherwise you're scrabbling around for young wingers. Yeah, so you basically, yeah. you've basically got three, yeah, three wingers, um, and then Liam and McNichol, who can do... Um, do I, you know, do I? There's plenty because there's always you always end up in one of the games. You'll end up with a centre on the wing to finish the game. Yeah. So, well, that's it then. Ah. Thirty-six. 
36, Wynne Jones, Nicky Smith, Reese Carey, Elliot D, Ryan Elias, Bradley Roberts, Tom Francis, Will Griff-John, Leon Brown, Adam Beard, Will Rowlands, Seb Davis, Ben Carter, Reese Davis, Wayne Wright, Morgan Morris, Ellis Jenkins, Basham, Shane Lewis-Hughes, Chris Junzer, Jack Morgan in the forwards, Reese Webb, Thomas Williams, Gareth Davis, Dan Bigger, Gareth Anscombe, Jared Evans, Halaholo, John Fox, Owen Watkin, Nick Tompkins, Josh Adams, Lewis Reesamit, Liam Williams, Johnny McNichol, Owen Lane. Tell you what. Did we not pick Jonah, no? We haven't picked Jonah. Okay. But we can. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll end up picking a 37 man squad. Yeah. Yeah, It was actually. He didn't. He didn't play. He didn't play this weekend. Um, I'm presuming he's fit because um, it's been so hard to tell because the Dragons haven't played a game for uh, yeah. however long before. This it was time. actually quite hard to fill out that squad because of the number of British Lions missing. Yeah, and also mm. um, it shows when you look at that as well, doesn't it? Because you know it's, these are all very very good players. What it's missing is you used to look at a Gatland squad and it was full of world class players. Mm. You know people who would be starting for the Lions and obviously a lot of these are injured. Well, it's but, also a um, lot of, of just the, the follow-up. It was a, also a lot of inexperienced players in that squad, mm. especially around back row. Um, yeah. There's a, yeah, so we're lacking experience, don't we? And we don't know how these combinations are going to fare as well, aren't we? That's the, the, it, you know, if you, lose, if you lose uh, Tips, Falato, Moriarty... Out to your back row, then they're all lions, yeah. and they're all they're all got loads of caps, and that's that's where yeah. we are. You lose you lose Alan Wynn out of the out of the second row, yeah. yeah. You lose Ken out of, at two, mm. um, and that's you know that is a that is a it's about five hundred caps. That's your, <laughs> it is. It's your it's your pack ripped apart, isn't it? As good as all those back row players are, and mm. you know Beard and Roland and the rest of them are all very good players, but it's um it's that experience, isn't it, of going and playing a, a load of games to battle harden yourself even more and and become a, a proven international and then world-class player um, rather than being a player with potential. So, I don't know, it bodes, it bodes for a tricky Six Nations, I would say. Yeah, it's where Ellis Jenkins and Bigger are just so, so important, aren't they? With the, yeah. the experience in the side. Mm. Yeah. And the squad, you know. Absolutely. A lot of good talent, though. It's exciting. It's just... Uh... How are they going to how they're going to work together, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the, the squad is out on Tuesday, and obviously we'll react to that next week. I have no doubt that it won't look much like that, actually. But um, um, but that's not the point. Uh, it's been uh, been enjoyable to pick it with you, fellas. So thank you very much. Uh, uh, thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades, and uh, a big thank you to Dan and to Murph for joining us. Right, we'll be back to chat rugby next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>